what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We're going to talk today about heroes of the faith and holding space. (laughs) I initially thought that these were going to be two separate teachings, messages. However, they're very much together. And so we're going to break that down today. If you're not familiar with either of these things, or maybe you've heard of them but don't really know more detail, this episode is definitely for you. And if you're thinking about somebody that would also love this episode, make sure that you subscribe. It's actually very easy to share this with a friend too. You can always just copy the link and text it to them or refer them to this podcast. So it's very easy to do, sharing is caring. Make sure that you go ahead and do that now before you put it off. All right, so let's dive in. Today, this is a really important topic because it very much deals with our future and who we're becoming, but that also has a lot to do with who we're being. And the cool thing is, once you adjust your identity around a decision, everything in your life will change because it's about this is what I do, this is who I am. So you've probably heard of I am statements, but they're very powerful. I actually have a tattoo on that on my wrist, I am, from years ago now, not even knowing the full meaning of it, which is sometimes why it's so powerful. But anything that follows after I am, you are literally becoming. (laughs) It's that powerful. So once you adjust your identity around a decision, this is what I'm going to do, this is who I am, your life changes because that's just who you are and that's just what you do and that's just how you show up. So you can truly let your yes be yes and your no be no. So we're going to talk about that because... I know for many folks that I've worked with as a coach and just many people I've encountered in my life, also true for me, maybe you didn't have a lot of examples of what was possible, right? Maybe you saw a lot of what you don't want or how you don't think it should be or what you don't want to repeat or what you don't want to create in your life, which is all valuable, right? Because it does point you, (laughs) if you use it for good, it does point you to what you do want. However, if you get caught up only in focusing on what you don't want and how it's not working and how you're a statistic or how it's just going to be more of the same, right? Then you can get caught up in a pattern because literally that's what you're deciding, okay? You might be doing it subconsciously or you might be doing it unintentionally or unconsciously without intention, right? But that is still what you're going to move towards, and that's still what you're going to create or repeat in your life. So this is very, very powerful, okay? So something that we do as coaches 
you, you might have heard this, definitely counselors do this too. Sometimes you've even experienced this from a great friend or maybe a mentor. But something that we do, it's actually a practice and not everyone is gifted at this or trained in this. So just, just pay attention. But something that we do, it's called holding space. Holding space, okay? Holding space means being physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually present for someone. It means putting your focus on someone to support them as they feel their feelings, as they process their thoughts, as they recognize what's coming up for them in their inner world, as they are bringing up emotion, as they are being vulnerable, as they are revealing what's true for them in that moment. And an important aspect of holding space is being present, right? Because when you're present, you also are managing judgment, meaning you're not judging. (laughs) You're not thinking about what this person should be doing. You're not seeing anything is wrong with them. You're just being fully present to the moment and allowing and accepting what is, acknowledging um, acknowledging what is without anything needing to change. Nothing has gone wrong here. This is a safe space, right? So holding space can can actually mean different things for different people, but at a minimum, it means taking the initiative without any prompting to be empathetic to another's person, another person's situation or circumstance and making time for that individual to do whatever is needed for them, like voicing a hurt or anger or another emotion, okay? It is very, very powerful. And holding space for yourself, hence one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up, means treating yourself with kindness, with care, with compassion, and with self-love. When you hold space for yourself, you give yourself a place to check in, see where you are, and adjust. It invites self-awareness, which alone can radically change your life, and it creates space for you to reflect and understand yourself, okay? That's why the Word of God says, be still and know, right? I also like to say, you cannot fix what you won't face. (laughs) So if you don't accept parts of yourself, if you just shove them down, if you make them wrong, you can't even bring them to God and process with God, right? And you will hold yourself back in that way, okay? Because then you can't repent and turn from it and practice another thing, right? Inevitably, what you don't acknowledge is going to hold you back, okay? Spiritually holding space, too, is a conscious act of being present, open, allowing, and protective of what another needs in each moment, okay? This term is very popular among any sort of caregiver or anyone in a service or helping industry. But again, not everyone is practiced or gifted in this. So something to pay attention to when you are looking for a coach, a counselor, a a caregiver, right? It's really important that somebody has this gift and is practiced in it, okay? It's, it's broadly used as a phrase of somebody's just there for you, right? But <laughs> this is also void of opinion, right? In someone expressing something to you, holding space means you don't need that to tell them this is good, this is bad, this is right, 
this is wrong. Here's what you should do. Here's what you should think. Here's what you should feel. It's not that at all. It is literally holding space because when somebody does this for you, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when somebody does this for you, you actually get space then to process, to reflect, to feel. A lot of us do not even give ourselves space or permission to feel anything. You get to think about what you're thinking about. Sometimes we don't even know what is going on on the inside of us until we have a safe space just to express what that is without judgment, without criticism, without it needing to be different, without us having to fix a thing, right? And so sometimes when you can actually hear yourself say something out loud, you're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that was going on, right? And the truth will set you free. So sometimes you have to recognize maybe what was true for you isn't actually in agreement with the truth, the word of God, right? But now that you can see it, now that you've brought it to the surface, now that you've voiced it, you can actually do something about it, okay? So think about that. Do you hold space currently for yourself or for others in your life? Some ways to do this. One is accepting full responsibility for your life. Nobody is responsible for what is happening on the inside of you but you. Your thoughts, your feelings, what's going on in your heart, your reactions, your responses, your behavior, right? That's not up to anybody else. That's entirely up to you. So accepting responsibility for that. For example, nobody else can make you think some sort of way. Nobody else has the power to make you feel some kind of way, right? So you evaluating what you're thinking and what you're feeling or what's being brought up to you in different scenarios, that actually is your work. Nobody can do that work for you. Nobody is inside of you, right? And this is also why it's so powerful to do this work, not only with a coach, but with who I call the master coach. (laughs) Doing this work with God is so different, right? Because God is your creator. He knows how you're wired. He knows how you think. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what you don't express. He knows what you hide and keep secret. He knows it all. So good luck trying to hide anything, (laughs) right? And the more honest and real and vulnerable you can be, the more exciting life will really get for you, okay? So one, accept responsibility for your life. Two, stop blaming. Stop blaming. You don't get anywhere. Well, if you didn't do this, then I wouldn't do this. Well, you said this, so that made me feel this way. That gets you nowhere. You just start digging a hole straight to nowhere, right? Stop blaming. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It does not serve you, right? And a person easily offended falls into foolishness, okay? So, two, stop blaming. Three, forgive. Forgive. Sometimes we, well, not sometimes, often we need to forgive ourselves before we can really forgive other people. Change your attitude. You might have heard me talk about this, but my dad growing up, he used to say, do you need an attitude adjustment? Particularly to my younger sister. (laughs) But we always had attitude of gratitude, uh, magnets and things on our refrigerator. It was just a little mantra that he would say. But so, so powerful, right? Because you can just think, oh, do I need an attitude adjustment? I also like to say, do you need a Jesus timeout? (laughs) Which usually when someone is bringing that to your attention, you needed it a long time ago, right? But change your attitude. 
Number five, decide what you want. Decide what you want. We are so practiced and so versed in deciding what it is that we don't want, but we are not really good at or experts in deciding what we do want. And that makes it really hard to take action when you're not clear there. So decide what you do want. Six, become intentional, right? And that's why it's so important to hold space for yourself so that you can become intentional about where you're going. When you don't hold space, you're stuck with old patterns. And a lot of times we are where we are because we have bad or unhealthy, not helpful, not productive, not progressive habits, right? Number seven, compete with no one. No one. There's nobody running in your lane. If there was somebody else in your lane, they would be disqualified, right? If we're thinking about track, you have a lane. If you step out of it, you get disqualified. (laughs) If somebody steps into your lane, that means they're stepping out of their lane. They're disqualified. So you are the only one qualified to run your race. You competing or comparing yourself to somebody else is another way of holding yourself back. And you don't need to participate in that, right? Who told you that somebody else's way is better? Who told you that somebody else's process and and their unique path is the path that you're going to take, right? Compete with no one. And number eight, check in with yourself, which is very much the nature of holding space in your life. Okay? Now, you you see probably in, in different practices... Holding space is keeping your ego out of it. Anything anything that you do to edge God out, no, no, no. Keep that out. I like to say invite God in and just hold space. What does God want to do here? How does God want to move? Invite God in and just hold that space for God to work, right? We, we don't need to show up. We need God to show up, okay? Holding space is, is giving somebody else permission to share. It's safe here. Right. And, and whatever is shared is not going to leave that space either. Right. And that's something that you do and demonstrate consistently over time. Initially, somebody might not trust you to hold space. However, if you have right a track record of holding space and keeping their confidence, that makes it more likely that somebody will trust you. OK, keep this in mind. Love only gives what we can bear. So wherever somebody is at is what they're willing to handle, what they are able to handle in that moment. You don't want to push them to a different place, right? And be humble and be sincere, okay? Now, when you hold space for yourself, you widen your perspective. You become aware of what is going on on your insides, what you've been thinking about, what you've been feeling, how you've been operating, maybe some some weaknesses or some gaps in your operating system that need your attention, right? Like just like you would service your car when the light comes on, (laughs) that lets you know something inside the car needs attention. But we don't actually do that to ourselves, right? Just like with your, your phone, you have to plug it in and recharge it. We're often not doing that and expecting ourselves to function well. It does not work that way. And our feelings are good. They are valuable. They are informative. But when we think that we're bad or that we're not allowed to feel them, right, we push them down and we repress them. And anything that you repress, 
right, can come up and work against you. Often that turns into self-hate, addictions, depression, right? You are meant to express. You are meant to create. You're not meant to repress and shove things down. That is not normal, <laughs> right? And it does hold you back, okay? So it's it's often the, the opposite of holding space, okay? You can really hold space so that you can move forward or you can hold yourself back by repressing and holding things in, okay? All right, so I wanted to bring up holding space because this is very, very important. Specifically, what do you wanna hold space for? You wanna hold space for what you are learning. You are likely in the unknown. You are likely transitioning in some area of your life, right? And holding space for that. Holding space for what's coming up for you. You are safe. You are supported. You are being led. You are being guided. You are worthy of feeling, of just being, not doing. You are worthy of it, right? So hold space to give yourself permission to be where you are and trust that where you are is exactly where you need to be. There's lessons here. There's revelation here. There's divine encounters with God here. This is an invitation to be present, to acknowledge, to accept, to grow, right? Because you don't grow by skipping the process. (laughs) You don't grow that way, right? And think about it too. Some of the most painful things that you've ever been through, likely these have turned into purpose. And if they haven't, they will when you put them in God's hands. Right. So, for example, I think I might have mentioned this before in one of my greatest seasons of brokenness, just the ugly cry, the sobbing. There was like even points of wailing. I had never heard myself like that before. Um, Just in, you know, (laughs) the, the quiet of my own home. My neighbors probably thought I was crazy, but it was fine. Like I was fully surrendered to that process. Right. Like what was my other option? Keep running, keep hiding, keep, keep, you know, business as usual. I don't think so. (laughs) Right. So I I gave myself permission just to feel and to process and just let God work. Whatever he was doing in my heart, I had no idea, but clearly something because there was a lot of interesting things coming out of me. Right. And I was there for it. So in that season, though, where I think that I am crazy or I think that I'm losing my mind or I'm feeling all sorts of emotions that I didn't give myself permission to feel in my life. I thought they were bad. I thought I wasn't allowed to feel or express these. Right. I'm going through all of that, right? Just, it can feel like you're just, you know, high and then low and then somewhere in between. That is one of the seasons of greatest service in my life also. <laughs> Where I felt extremely unqualified, did not feel ready, did not feel confident, right? But God led me to serve in ministry at that time and help people heal on their journeys. And the great thing about that was I wasn't operating clearly from ego. I wasn't operating from pride because I was super humbled and I wasn't walking in strength or what I could do or what I felt really confident in. I was walking in my weakness and God was showing up strong in that. So if you find yourself there, it's a very beautiful place to be. And the beauty of this too, is that you can return to that space, right? And remember what that was like so that you can go back to that when you are experiencing somebody else or witnessing somebody else or ministering to somebody else that is in that depth of pain and confusion, right? And the unknown, just the anxiety of the unknown sometimes that comes up. Okay. 
So holding space is very, very beautiful, but what you can do not only is hold space for where you are now and what's coming up for you, because if it's coming up for you, it, it wants your attention, right? Oh, wonderful. I get to look at this right now. I get to give this my attention. I get to heal this. I get to feel this. I get to see this. I get to learn this lesson. I get to really just receive whatever God wants me to receive here. And sometimes too, it's God showing up in your life in a different way, right? So holding space, not only for where you are, but for your future self and where you are going and what is possible for you. If you do not hold space for that version of you, how will you ever co-create that version of you in the world? Co-create, meaning how do you partner with God to activate all the potential that he put on the ins- on the inside of you to unlock the destiny and the mysteries, right, of his goodness in you, through you. How do you do that if you don't hold space for it? If you don't make space for that in your life, right? You have to make space for it, right? The vision, make it plain. How do you do that? If you're not spending any time if you're not holding space for you and the future version of you that you are becoming, how do you get there? And if you're not holding space for that, what are you holding space for? What are you making time for? What is more important than you and your journey? Think about that. Say la moment. Pause and think of that, right? Are you clear? on who you're being and who you're becoming. Do you have a a image, a vision of what's possible for you, of where God is leading you, of where God is guiding you, of who you are in him and why you are here for such a time as this? Because that informs how you show up, right? So like I said in the very beginning here, Once you adjust your identity, once you get a vision, once you start holding space for that, start to really feel it, to understand it, to process it, to recognize it, to acknowledge it, to to know that that is in you and that you have the power to activate that and walk that out, right? Once you adjust your identity around this is who I am, right? Everything in your life will change because this is who you are and this is just what you do, right? So you will start thinking different. You will start believing different. You will start feeling different and you will show up differently because this is who you are, right? And you will grow in authority in being that person. But it doesn't happen if you're not holding space and giving yourself freedom to even explore who that is and to practice what it's like showing up as that person and getting consistent in those beliefs, in those feelings, in that expression, right? That's something you practice. So an example of this, I used to do some training and speaking back in the day, which was hilarious because I'm like, I am introverted. This is terrifying. I hate all the feelings that come up. All the thoughts also come up. I just don't feel like this is for me. I don't know why I'm being led to do this right now or training in this. This is whack, right? At any rate, (laughs) I knew I was being led and obedience is better than anything else you can do, right? There's no safer place to be than in the will of God, right? So I'm going to obey even though it's making me feel cray, okay? So I am 
getting all of these fun homework assignments about what I need to prepare, what I need to speak about, and I don't want to be in front of the humans. I feel like it's really uncomfortable to present in front of people, to articulate something publicly. It was just like, oh my goodness, like what is happening? I am not, you know, I'm just not ready for this. Um, so despite all that, it was kind of like a Moses moment, right? <laughs> I have a stutter, God no, right? Just do it, okay. So I was in the just do it mentality. I show up and I start experiencing so many different things, right? Because until you're in the practice of it, until you're in the doing of it, you don't know what actually is going to come up for you. You don't know your thoughts around it. You don't know how it makes you feel. You don't know how you process what's happening as it's happening or even after the fact. You don't know what it's like to prepare. You don't know what it's like to train for that thing. So I was in the practice of being a speaker, someone that could articulate a message, a message well, somebody that could move and, and create emotion in a crowd, somebody that could bring the energy, somebody that could leave them with a compelling question or, or revelation that will change their life, right? Like I am learning the craft of speaking and, and what works and what doesn't work and what, what a speaker is thinking about, how they prepare, how they express, and, and, and when it's a really good speech and when it's not a good speech and how you tell a story in a short period of time without any preparation and how you really prepare, right? Like I was learning all of these things, right? But I was embodying that. Okay, so I started studying speakers. I started listening to messages. I started writing things out. I started seeing myself in the moment, how it was going <laughs> and how I was feeling. And I started taking in feedback and adjusting and adapting. But I was practicing that craft, right? And really seeing what is it like to fully step into this, right? What is it like to surrender to this right now? But that doesn't happen just by thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not good at that or it's not going to work out for me or that's for some people. No, it's just like, you know what? Like, this is what I'm led to do. I'm just going to practice it until, you know, the grace moves or I'm led to go somewhere else. <laughs> so that could be true for you for anything in your life, right? A speaker speaks, a writer writes, a coach coaches, like whatever it is. But like, you only learn when you're actually in the doing of it. It starts, though, by holding the space for it holding space for the vision, holding space for the future vision, ver <laughs> holding space for the future version of you that is going to show up, right? Giving him or her permission to show up, building faith for that person, feeling what it feels like to be that person and embody that person in the world, practicing that, showing up in different environments that way. Maybe you dress a certain way. Maybe you think a certain way. Maybe you speak a certain way, right? But you train identity. It's not just something that happens, right? You have to activate it and be it in the world. That's training because it's so easy to be less than who you are. That's why there's so many messages on you're worthy, know your worth, right? Cute catchphrases, right? But it does take work to actually be who you are because inevitably that leaves you at a place of choice. You can be the new you every day or you can activate the old version of you, which is easier to do. Okay, so holding space. Now, yeah, 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 Juliana, cute, cool, holding space, tracking with you. However, what if I have no idea about who I am or what's possible for me or who I'm becoming? Or what if I've never seen examples of what's possible in, in 
marriage or in being a business owner or having a healthy relationship or, you know, leading in corporate America or whatever it might be for you or being a parent, right? Like what if you don't have examples of this? Like you truly have seen what doesn't work and it's terrifying to you because it doesn't seem promising. (laughs) It doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem enticing. It doesn't seem possible for you. Okay. Here's what I have to say about that. Modeling. Modeling. Okay. What do I mean by this? In addition to holding space, modeling is representing, imitating, acting like someone else. Okay. And I know you were just like, but you said like, I'm only in competition with myself, like WTF, right? Well, here's the thing. Paul, (laughs) in the book of Ephesians, calls on the children of God to be imitators of Christ. He put it this way, be followers of God, right? The word followers means to mimic, to be an imitator. This is a command for the people of God to imitate God, okay? It says in Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 2, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us in offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma, Okay. So we're to imitate Christ. It really involves a a readiness to be shaped and molded by God, right? He is the potter. We are the clay. I was reading, oh man, I'm forgetting where the address was, but I was reading just yesterday about who are we to fight with our maker, (laughs) right? Like who are you to tell God how things are going to go? Or to try to treat God like a dog, just commanding what you want God to do in your life and getting upset when he doesn't do it. Like, who are you to do that? Who are you to wrestle with your maker, the creator of the universe, right? Like, who are you to mess with him, right? How's that working out for you, basically, okay? So sometimes I just love how the word of God is so just blunt, right? But being an imitator involves a humility. It involves a readiness to be shaped by the Holy Spirit, okay? So it's a self-giving service of love to others as well. And it's really being enabled by the Spirit to flow and operate in God's grace, which is divine enablement, okay? So that's how you don't have to lean on your own understanding or navigate in your own strength. It's not by your might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord, right? So when we recognize that we are a child of God, we live for Him and we we know that we're loved by Him no matter what we do. And we know that when God is looking at us, He's looking at us like Jesus. And so we are given the opportunity to model our example, Jesus, His image, His likeness in the world, right? If you don't know, there's a lot of great things to practice Two that I can think of just off the cuff here, the full armor of God. You're meant to walk around armored up, strong, bold, confident, courageous every day with your armor on, knowing that without that, you could be easily influenced by anything the world and darkness throws at you. 
right? Another way that you can test and see how you're doing, are you producing the fruit of the spirit in your life? Are you wearing your armor and are you producing the fruit of the spirit? These are practical ways that you can be imitating Christ in the world, right? Study love. <laughs> not what the world defines as love, not what people show you on Valentine's Day, but study love. What does the word of God say about love and are you practicing that? It's a really great example of what you get to embody every day if you truly want to be an imitator of God, okay? Imitating is really knowing that you have an example and modeling your thoughts, your words, your behavior after that, okay? We have an example. We have an example. We can follow the pattern. We can follow the model. We can mimic that right? We can walk in agreement with that, okay? So some qualities, right? What what did Jesus embody? He always speaks the truth. <laughs> he asks for more and offers more. He values us more. He values all of us. He's motivated by compassion. He forgives, right? We can really learn from just studying him, Okay? And hold space for you to really get a vision, to meditate on what that would be like for you to show up that way, to model your life after God, right? What does it look like for you to imitate that or mimic that in the workplace? What does that look like for you to embody that in your relationship? What does it look like to parent that way? You have a model. You have a model. You have a model. You don't get to say, I don't know, right? You can grow in love, grow in faith, grow in peace, (laughs) right? There's many things that you can grow in. So just think about that. We do have a model. We get to be imitators of God. Now, what I want to bring us into here as we wrap up is another way that you can really hold space for yourself and start achieving these outcomes. Start getting a vision, right? It is modeling or or really recognize and understand what it is that you are inspired by, what it is that you want to embody, what you really admire in other people because that's in you and it's an invitation for you to activate that. But often we don't do that. We don't practice that. We just stay in our little bubble, okay? So any mentor, any model, if you will, in your life that really inspires you and influences you operates as a trusted guide for you, okay? And they can be people that you you know or that you don't know. They simply need to be people that you look up to the most, that truly are examples for you of what's possible. Because a lot of times what we do is say, well, I don't know, I don't have an example, right? We go into victim kind of orphan spirit mode, okay? But you are a child of God, (laughs) you are not an orphan, and you are very powerful. All right, so holding space to get clear on who these people are that inspire you, that aspire you to be more, to do more, to have more, to create more. These are people that are leading examples, leading roles in your life. Who are they? So for example, growing up, like I was obsessed with self-help. Okay, like I I would read all of the books and that's where I found mentors. One of the very first ones was Jack Canfield's Chicken Soup for the Soul. Like I remember starting to read those books 
think it was the first book that I ever devoured, like cover to cover on an airplane. And I'm like, whoa, like I've never had that experience reading a book before. But I was intrigued because I was reading about other people's lives and recognizing that, wow, like other people are going through some stuff and they are just not even talking about it in the world. Like I thought I was alone. I thought that, you know, I was just doomed in some way or that suffering was just for me and other people just had a better lot in life. But it wasn't true. It gave me perspective. So I was so grateful to see these books, right, of of these amazing life stories. And it gave me so much hope, right? And it continued me down this journey of reading and being connected to people that became heroes, right? They became examples. They became leaders for me, right? When I didn't believe that that was possible for me or had no clue how to bridge the gap from where I am to getting somewhere like that, right? That was inspiration for me, right? And if I didn't have those readily available maybe in my world at the time, I could connect with them even if it was just through a book. And now we have so many resources. You can listen to podcasts like this. You can follow people on social media. You can find a lot just a Google search away. There's so much that you have access to now, which is very, very cool. You don't just have to look in you know, a library or an encyclopedia. You actually can get it pretty instant, which is amazing. But it's still key to start recognizing that you are admiring them because that's what you are led to grow and develop in your life. So for example, I was very much led to grow in my ability to communicate and express myself because I knew those were areas of deep weakness in my life, but also to heal and do my inner work because I didn't see people doing that and it was the bravest thing I could do, the most courageous thing I could do, okay? So we are all mirrors for each other, right? (laughs) I know you might not believe me on that, but we are mirroring opportunities for us, right? So when people are triggering you, quote unquote, they're mirroring something maybe that is still not solid in you, something that is wavering in you, an opportunity to maybe repent, forgive, to grow in something else, right? And when people are holding up or complimenting something about you, it's also just God blessing and reminding you and and giving you kind of a pat on the back for how you are showing up and representing him in the world, right? And how he's given you the power to do that, okay? So a fun homework assignment, if you so choose. Again, the change and the integration and the congruence, that kind of beautiful stuff happens in your life when you actually do this work, when you don't just digest a powerful message like this, but you actually do the work, which is also where coaching comes in. Because for example, you can go to all the conferences and you can read all of the books, okay? And you can highlight and you can take notes. But if you don't actually start practically bringing that into your life and walking that out every day, it doesn't stick. And what you don't practice, you lose, okay? There is a a phrase, you either grow or you die, okay? You're either growing and utilizing your tools or you're not, which when it comes to growth, you're not growing, okay? So... The exercise (laughs) is this, narrow down, well first just brain dump a list of mentors that you admire. Just a list of people that you admire. Okay, and these can be people even from like your childhood that you just really looked up to, but in your life or even just now, make a list of people that you admire. What do you admire about them? Right, we'll get there, but right now, just brain dump a list 
of people that you admire. I think I got it to... Like 25, okay? So just brain dump the list. That's step number one. Now what you want to do is you want to narrow down your list of mentors to just your top five or six, okay? Who is the most impactful to you? And just rewrite their names. So first section, brain dump a list. Try to just list off the cuff as many people as come to mind for you. And this might be something that you've actually never done before. So create space to actually get clear. If you want to look up people or, you know, if you forget their names and need to do a quick Google search, like give yourself the space to do that, okay? And then from there, get it down to your top five or six, okay? Then what you want to do with your top five or six mentors listed here, what you want to do is identify and write down the reasons you selected these specific people. Perhaps it's qualities in them that you admire, okay? Simply free write for each person things that you admire about them, okay? So, for example, <laughs> Jesus was one of my examples. And I put down things like he's a miracle worker. He totally walks in and, and embodies real love, right? Like often a, a, a great flowing, ever flowing love, but a confronting love, a healing love. Like he embodies all facets of choosing love in moments when it's easy not to, right? He's a model of what's possible. He's an example of walking in obedience. He's righteousness, peace, joy, wonder, faith, purpose. He completed a successful mission in his life, right? He had impeccable focus. He walked in power, authority, grace, wisdom, leadership, passion. He just flowed <laughs> or just like released spiritual strategies and wisdom all the time. He had a unmatched connection to God. He walked in accountability and integrity. He was constantly present and engaged and had high standards, <laughs> right? Like, that's the model, right? So writing that down, I was like, oh my God, like I didn't know that that's why I was like really wanting to follow after that or have a model, but there it is, right? Or, you know, different people, I was putting things down. I won't say their names just so you can brainstorm your own list and I won't influence that. But I was writing down things like they're a transformation master. They're a brilliant speaker. They're an example of unlimited capacity. They're paving the way for other people. They're an expert of the written and spoken word. They're, you know, really brilliant at creating a customer experience, at really serving other people and loving them well, right? They have a heart for people. They're holding space. They're, they're a master interviewer. They're an impeccable connector and truth teller. They, they really are able to launch other people into their greatness. They're dreamers and doers. They have, you know, a beautiful home and life that's actually working, right? They do their soul work. They're spiritual leaders, community builders, healers. They demonstrate vulnerability. They do their inner work. They're a catalyst for personal growth. They're dynamic speakers, relevant presenters. They're pioneers, excellent coaches, thriving in all aspects, building up other people, creating healthy and empowering community, master of systems, right? And boundaries. <laughs> They're anointed teachers, authentic leaders, strong communicators, and multifaceted, right? So 
what's neat about this list, right? And I got it down again to my top five or six, but they are modeling what I thought was impossible for me so that I could become an example of what's possible in different areas, whether that's in my own life example, whether that's in relationships that I have in my life, whether that's in intimate partnership, right? Whether that's as a business owner, whether that's as a coach, whether that's as a speaker, whether that's as a professional, whether that's as just a servant in the church, whatever it might be, a family member, whatever it is, this gave me a model of what's possible and what I can be practicing. And I get better at becoming that as I hold space for that and give myself permission to believe that that is in me and I can activate that and walk that out every day. Okay? Huge, 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 huge. So hopefully you're seeing why these are connected. And if you wanna do more work too, some models that I recommend looking into are the heroes of the faith. Literally, we have so many examples as believers of heroes of the faith. So if you wanna be an example and really an example of being a bold believer and leaving a legacy of faith, for example, study the heroes of the faith. It's in Hebrews 11. It talks about what these people did and what it looks like to live a life of faith and walk out a brilliant example of that. So that could be, you could have some mentors there. You could have, you know, Esther and David and Joseph, and you can have uh, Daniel or whoever you can think of, Paul even, right? You can list out heroes of the faith as your models too, okay? But you don't have to limit that, right? There there are some brilliant people in the world that just embody God's goodness, right? And his capacity that he's given us, right? So you can make your list, just brainstorm. These are the steps, brainstorm and just brain dump, literally, a list of people that inspire you and that you admire too, Number two, get it down to your top five or six. And then number three, write out and list all the qualities that you can about why you are inspired by these people, the qualities that they embody, what specifically you admire about them, and then recognize that this is what's possible for you, that this is what you can hold space for and practice and, and get better at stepping into the fullness of. Now, if you want a little extra credit, something that is really honoring and life-giving, if you put somebody on there that you can actually get in contact with, send them a photo of it. Take a photo of it or send them a, a message about how they've inspired you to show up differently. Literally do that. It will blow your mind. You might not get a response, but it is so honoring and life-giving and so well-received by the person on the receiving end of that and it will just be a brave, bold step for you to do, okay? So just to recap, holding space. Are you holding space for you, or are you led to hold space for other people in your life and get better at that? Are you truly being present with yourself or anybody in your world? And if the answer is no, what are you making more important, and is it really more important? Think about that. <laughs> Okay, now when it becomes about holding space for your future self and for who you are being and becoming currently, it is so, so helpful to have models. You no longer have an excuse that you don't know what it looks like and that there's no good examples out there. Lie, 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 do some work, okay? And if you're really stuck, Jesus is your model and you can imitate Jesus in the world, okay? That's actually a call that is on your life. So. There you go. Now you can also do the exercise and the extra credit. <laughs> 
you can email these to me too if, if you want me to be your accountability partner. It's info at julianapage.com. Info at julianapage.com. If you want to just use me as accountability, you are free to do that. But to sum it up, once you change your North Star, what you are anchored in, what you are focused on, you'll change the you that shows up in your life. And that changes everything. Okay, and we can truly walk in the newness of life every day as we live in alignment with our head, with our heart, with the spirit and force of our identity that's been given to us by God, really our authority. Okay, as believers, we live what we believe we are. So it's so important to believe well. And so what today is, is it's a model, it's a practice, it's a practical way that you can start believing correctly about yourself and really practically understand what does God think about you? What does God say about who you are? What is possible for you? What is his purpose for you? What is his plan for you? How has he gifted you? What experiences have you collected? What pain have you gone through that he's created purpose out of? What price have you paid to release freedom to other people? So important to not hold space for, okay? So, so important. So I hope this message blessed you. And if the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast is truly a blessing in your life, again, I'm going to remind you, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. Sometimes it's a message like this that can change everything in your life. And we all need really good examples and teachers and models and upliftment and hope and encouragement as we go about our daily lives. So subscribe to the podcast, copy the link, share it with a friend, spread the news that this is available to change their lives. And if you want to go deeper into this work, there are many ways to do that. One of them is working one-on-one with me in private coaching. So I take on a select number of people every year. I still have some spots open. So if you want to scoop one of those up, visit julianapage.com to start practically walking this out in your own life, okay? The other way is to apply and get plugged into the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is mega packed with value. There are so many courses in there. You get lifetime access to it, live weekly coaching, community, prayer calls, ongoing support. It's just another way to do self-paced learning if you don't want to actually go into the deeper work of one-on-one coaching. So all of those books and more are available at julianapage.com. So go check that out. All right, everyone, until next time, stay blessed.